0: This is LiveWell talk on atypical heart attack symptoms in women and the new shockwave uh, lithotripsy uh, angioplasty. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at Unity Point Health St. Luke's Hospital. Joining me today is Dr. Subi Halawa, an interventional cardiologist at St. Luke's Heart Care Clinic. And for the first time on our podcast, we'll hear from a patient, Tracy Young, who experienced some uncommon heart attack symptoms and uh, subsequently was cared for by the heart team. Welcome, both of you. Thank Thank you you. very much. Tracy, I I think we should start. Just tell us a little bit about yourself and and the events that led to you being introduced to uh, cardiology.
1: Okay, Um, I am married. I've been retired for five years. And my husband and I since retiring lived a very active life. We did a lot of traveling and spent a lot of time with family and friends and um, grandkids. Um, And then COVID came and We were less active and quit all our traveling. We got vaccinated and felt safe to start doing more things, and we did. Um, So on the day of my heart attack, it started out as any other normal day. I um, did laundry, I cooked, I cleaned. I um, was getting ready for a weekend trip and really busy and everything seemed fine and that night i woke up i went to bed woke up and my arms hurt really bad i could hardly lift them and i was so worried about how i was ever going to even dry my hair in the morning before we left because i could hardly lift my arms up so i put on some heat heat stuff um, that i like to use if i have sore muscles because i thought maybe i did something and i laid back down it didn't get better I got up, walked around, had some water, lay back down. It just seemed to get worse, and then my chest hurt, and it just felt so heavy, and my jaw hurt, and and we called nine one one, and I came to the hospital, and thanks to Dr. Halawa, I'm here today, so.
0: Well, that's a that's a we always love a story with uh, uh, happy endings. Yeah, uh, Dr. Halawa, this isn't a mystery or a secret in medicine, women. Uh, are different than men, uh, yes. and their course of heart disease is different. Um, what can you tell us about Tracy's symptoms in the setting of women having atypical symptoms compared to, you know, the crushing? I always, I, I make analogies on the podcast scene of Fred Sanford clutching his chest, telling Elizabeth he's gonna have the big one. You know, that's what we think heart attacks look like, but they're actually much more sublime, aren't they?
2: They are. It's not like what we see in a scene of a movie where a man, gasps for breath, clutches his chest and falls to the ground dead. Uh, it's not actually as dramatic as this and it's not mostly men, women also can get heart attacks and their symptoms can be a little bit different than men. You know, the typical symptom for a heart attack uh, in a man or a woman, most of, most of men and women complain of either discomfort in the chest, heaviness, tightness, squeezing sensation or chest pain that lasts for more than a few minutes and or comes and goes. It becomes more classic if somebody tells you I'm having an elephant sitting on my chest and both arms, one arm or both arms hurt. That gives it more specificity that is probably heart-related. But the pain, if it spreads to the arm, to the jaw, to the back, to the neck, that you know makes, it, makes us more suspicious it's heart-related. People can also come in with shortness of breath without chest pain. They can come in with nausea, uh, cold sweat, feeling tired and fatigued. Uh, while men and women have these symptoms, women are more likely to present with atypical symptoms. They can come in with, as she said, with some arm pain without chest pain at all. They can come in with jaw pain without chest pain. They can feel more short breath. They can feel lightheaded, dizzy, fatigued, tired, cannot do stuff. And it's like she has run a marathon short breath without really doing any physical activity. So their symptoms are a little bit not the classic elephant sitting on my chest type of a deal and clutching their chest, but they can present with that, but they are more likely to present with atypical symptoms, like she said, arm pain, jaw pain, shortness of breath. And, um, you know, they should call one one nine one one and not wait for, you know, more symptoms to happen.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I, I actually had a referral from a dentist once. Um, he was pulling the guy's cavity because the guy had jaw pain. Yeah. He's pulling the tooth and after they pulled it, he still had chain, then it moved into his chest. and. So he actually just happened to have a cavity on the side that he's having, uh, the pain. Uh, so, all right, Tracy, you arrived at the hospital. Kind of take us through the events led. I think listeners would like to kind of hear that, uh, hoping they never have to experience it, of course, but take us through what happened after you arrived.
1: I was just really surprised and happy that there were so many people like waiting for me. And they said that do- the doctor would be there in a few minutes and it just seemed like time flew and pretty soon I was in the cath lab and everybody seemed so caring and prepared. And again, the next thing I knew it was over. So there's not a lot to tell about that. Well, it that's was-
0: that's there's, okay. That's a good story anyway. Yeah, I think uh, you know, Dr. Halal is not going to brag about it neither there are the others, but they do a great job of initiating that Uh, what's called a cath lab alert and getting people in there uh, truly focusing on not only the patient but the time time is muscle the sooner they can get the artery open the better but now dr lava i don't i don't know if tracy had this but this shock wave uh this lithotrips i mean uh, the technology's been around urology uses it um but uh tell us about how that's new for angioplasty or, or cardiac intervention
2: well, you know, when a patient comes like Tracy comes to the emergency room with a heart attack, we call it a STEMI or a STEMI alert goes on. Then a whole team of people get, you know, get activated. So typically we would like to get patients to the CAT lab within uh, 90 minutes. And our numbers actually are much better, probably less than 60 minutes at St. Luke's Hospital here. So she was a typical patient that has a STEMI involving the bottom part of the heart. So we took her to the lab quickly and we took pictures of the heart. And as expected, her know, the heart has three blood vessels. The one that we expected that caused the heart attack was the right coronary artery, and she did have a very humongous right coronary artery, which was completely blocked in the proximal segment. And typically what we do, uh, we thread the catheter and a wire and a balloon, and then we dilate. And after we dilate that uh, blocked segment, we put a stent and expand it. In her case, um, and in some cases about 25, 30 percent of the cases, there's a lot of calcium in these blood vessels. So a regular balloon uh, that's filled with contrast. It's hard to crack those plaques or you know calcified plaques, and this was the case in her case. So we took a balloon down. The balloon barely could go through the blockage, and we cranked the balloon with very high pressure, and uh, still the blockage would not budge. It's like a dog boning thing on there. We used a larger balloon and a cutting balloon, and still we could not budge that blockage. So. Now, with this new technology that came out last February, it has been approved by the FDA. It's been around in Europe more than that. And again, it's based on um, the technology from the kidney stone era. Um, So it is um, uh, lithotripsy uh, emitters that are actually miniaturized inside the balloon itself. So we took that catheter in and we placed it where the blockage is. And then we push a button that generates lithotripsy sonic high-pressure waves. Those high pressure waves can create micro fractures in the calcium that's preventing the balloons from expanding. And in their case, it was like magic. We put the balloon in, it magically expanded that area that would not expand, was like a dog bone. And that then made the procedure very easy from then on. We facilitated our engine We could deliver a stent, we could expand that stent optimally, and we achieved a great result for her. Subhi, is there less risk of dissection with this te- technology? We have different technologies that have been around since the 1990s for dealing with calcium, you know, um, those cases actually are more complex than regular cases, and we typically like to plan those cases before we intervene. But in an acute situation, those other devices, one of them is called Rotablator device, and the other one is called uh, Diamond Black, or uh, it's, they are both like diamonds that spin very quickly and shave the calcium off. Those cases are very cumbersome to use, and they are associated with more complications creating okay. a blood vessel, creating tiny, you know, emboli that go downstream and may block the blood vessel completely, and the flow will not be uh, good. This device is actually simple, reliable, and it is universal. So, it is a basic technology that every interventionist uses, and it can be used very safely, safely and effectively during an acute MI, where we cannot use these other devices in the middle of the night for you know, logistical reasons and also because there is a clot, we cannot use them at all. So, this device actually made it simplified a lot of our cases at night. and if you are faced with a complex case with calcium, this made it look very easy. It's a game changing device actually, and I think it's it's here to stay.
0: And you can
2: still use the radial artery, the wrist approach with this device? We are, we can use it from, yes, we can use it from the wrist approach and um, we typically go through the radial artery and you know, a couple of us here in town are also using the snuff box. We can use even a tinier blood vessels to go. To the heart and uh, use this device. like a regular balloon. It's connected to a generator that generates energy, uh, about three kilovolts of energy, and uh, that emits electricity and goes to these electrical, I mean, to the uh, lithotripsy emitters, and it creates a bubble in that balloon. Those bubbles expand very rapidly, so they generate sonic pressure waves and then they collapse quickly. So those pressure waves, there's two emitters inside, those will create microfractures in the calcium in the blood vessel. And then once we
0: you know, fracture the calcium, the area will expand nicely. That's one, that's really cool. Tracy, I, I always like to ask patients this when they have situations like you. Um, you. How soon could you tell you felt better?
1: Oh, pretty much right away.
0: Yeah.
1: I think in the e, or the ICU room, I felt like I could be good enough to go home.
0: Yeah, that's so you know, cool. It
1: just felt so much better.
0: Yeah, so, that yeah, was very fast. I, but I, they made a, me stay longer. I put a pacemaker <laughs> in a patient once. And he was, you know, he couldn't see what I was doing. And Dr. Halawa knows how this, these happen. And he goes, oh, you're done. And I said, well, how do you know I'm done? He said, because my nose isn't cold anymore. You know, that was the first <laughs> thing he felt when his heart started pumping. So it's yeah. really cool. I always loved asking that. Tracy, now in the olden days, they would, somebody had a heart attack, you know, they'd put him bed rest for 30 days and then they'd be a cardiac cripple. And, and uh, we've seen, you know, referenced as that in, in the media, movies, et cetera but you just prior to the podcast was doing cardiac rehab. Tell us what that is. I mean, it, this is, you know, we're exercising post heart attack, which, it, you know, people think it's so important, uh, but but tell us what, what you're doing and how that's going.
1: Um, I'm doing very well at it and I just love it. It's given me so much confidence and I feel um, like I can exercise and uh, push myself. But so I come three days a week, um, to cardiac rehab here at St. Luke's and I, they, we, they put you on a heart rate monitor and um, you do some warm up exercises. They're always taking your blood pressure. They take that really often. Um, you do warm up exercises and then I walk a track here for 15 minutes and then I um, get on a machine called a new step and do that for 15 minutes. Do a cool down rest um, exercise regimen and relax a little bit, they take my blood pressure again, and I'm on my way. But I really work out and I work up a sweat. It's, well, I've gotten better. I've pushed myself more and more, so yeah.
0: Keep up the good work. We're proud of you. Thank you. Well, Trace. I'm gonna come back to Dr. Lau about heart health and prevention, but I want to, from you. What advice could you give other patients about heart disease from based on your experience? If you could tell them one thing, what would it be?
1: Hmm. Well, listen to your body. If you have any signs of anything happening, contact your doctor. Great advice. Would Great be advice. What I would do.
0: Yeah. I, sometimes patients say, "Well, I didn't want to bother anyone." No, it's more of a bother when you show up later with a lot Fine. more. Yeah, know, we prefer you come sooner. Uh, Dr. Lau, what what could you tell our listeners from a medical side, from the physician side, about heart disease and what to uh, what to do as far as prevention? I want to
2: echo what uh, Tracy has said about this into your body. So, again, women can present like men with typical symptoms of chest pain or pressure in the chest, but oftentimes they are more likely to present with atypical symptoms, arm pain, shortness of breath, lightheadedness, dizziness, uh, fatigue. So, if these symptoms are new to them and and sudden onset, they should consider really contacting an emergency room for evaluation. Um, Well, Tracy has done great after the heart attack. She required another stent in another vessel. Uh, to the front wall, uh, the LED, and uh, she is participating in cardiac rehab. So what I tell patients about heart disease again is prevention is you really have to live a a, a healthy lifestyle. First and foremost, if you smoke, you really have to quit smoking, give up smoking, because if you quit smoking, there's evidence that within one year, you really cut your risk about 50% without doing anything else, okay? And then you know follow an exercise program if you can if you have the time to walk at least 30 minutes a day or at least five days a week that will be great and then as far as diet you know um i have i always advise my patients in the clinic to avoid three deadly foods i call them the three whites the sugar the flour and the salt uh, because those are very deadly for the heart if you uh, you know use excess of them and i advise patients um the worst thing you can fill is actually your stomach. So that the saying goes, we should eat to live, not live to eat. And then we should probably, when we eat, we should eat one third for food, one third for fluid or water for drink. And we should leave one third for our breathing because that's, uh, you know, then you are not filling up your stomach with a lot of food. Um, so that's that's my advice. And then if you have risk factors, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, uh, you can get those under control easily. We cannot change genetics, but those things that you, know, you should focus
0: on. Yeah, on other podcasts, we've talked about how genetics or family history is like a, a unloaded weapon. Gun. Yes. And it by itself, it's it's not dangerous if it's unloaded, but you start to smoke and you have diabetes and hypertension and you use salt. You just start loading that. Revolver yes, exactly. and it becomes dangerous. That becomes dangerous. Well, we always like to close with asking our physician guest, uh, and I'm sure Trace would be happy, interested in to hear this. How long have you been here in Cedar Rapids, and why did you go into cardiology?
2: Oh, I have been here in Cedar Rapids for this is my 22nd year, so it's catch 22. The first year I came, I actually totaled the car and I said I'm gone. <laughs> uh, you know, it was snowing very hard, so a car sled, and you know, uh, it was tough. The second year, I sled and on ice and hit my head in the back, but I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But this is a great town. I've been here for 22 years. I had a great experience with patients. Patients are very appreciative. Like Tracy, it gives me great pleasure when I see patients are very grateful to the things we do and save lives and make them feel better. Uh, why I chose to go to cardiology? I think um, it is all. you are always learning. You know, the technology is advancing quite a bit. When I started cardiology, we only used to use a balloon. And if it doesn't work, that's it, bypass. Bypass was is still, uh, you know, rudimentary. Nowadays, we have stents, we have, you know, lasers, we have uh, lithotripsy, we have balloons that can replace valves. So the technology is, is you know, amazing, and I'm, I to, I'm excited to be part of that improvement or technology evolving. Tracy, is this your
0: hometown as well? Yes, yes. Oh, I'm yeah, mine too. Born and raised here. Yeah. Yep. My first office at St. Luke's was the same hallway I was born on. <laughs> well, if, if I would have died at the end of the day, they would have said he never went anywhere. So, <laughs> thank you both for the time today, and Tracy, thanks for sharing your experiences. That you, you know you're demonstrating some vulnerability, and you're talking about it. And I guarantee there's a lot of listeners that appreciated that, and will and will take away from that. Again, this is Live Well Talk on women's atypical heart symptoms, heart attack symptoms, and shockwave therapy with heart attack patient, Tracy Young, and St. Luke's Interventional Cardiologist, Subi Halawa. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.